Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We've become the source for authenticity and exactitude here in Southeast Pennsylvania on this station, 1180 WFYL AM radio. And the reason for that is because you all trust us as your source and your home of factualism, folks. And we do bring you the facts that occur every day, that occur every week, that the Pravda propaganda fails to report. We bring it to you at the speed of sound. It comes at you very quickly. And uh, because you're such expert listeners, you're able to keep up with the transitions and uh, you enjoy the show. We appreciate it. Thank you for being with us. Let's jump right into it. Uh, we have the Million MAGA March that just occurred last last weekend. Now, I think that I, I saw estimates that it was like 2.2 million. So another estimate it was over a million. We can all agree that it was hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Okay. Hundreds of thousands of people showed up with just about five to eight days worth of notice. I mean, that's an incredible achievement. These are the people that showed up expressing their support for our, our favorite president. Uh, because I guess, folks, we all know, and there's millions of Americans that know, that it is not over. And we're going to keep the faith. I mean, we're going to keep the faith. But there's so much about Trump that we we so much appreciate it. And we go back on on the characteristics of the man. And, you know, I mean, when, when Trump made the comments and so forth, the promises that he made, that he adhered to, that he did. I don't want to miss that. I mean, Trump did what he said he would do. Okay. When Trump said he would cut taxes, he did. When Trump said he would cut red tape and regulations, he did. When Trump said he would build the strongest economy on planet Earth, well, folks, he did. We have the strongest economy in the last 50 years. Trump built the border wall and secured the border. He said he would do it, and he did it. Trump said he would put conservatives, constitutionalists, on our federal courts and our Supreme Court. Well, folks, he did that, too. Trump stated he would get out of the horrible Iran deal, and he did. Trump promised to move the embassy to Jerusalem, and he did that, too. Many questioned Trump's credentials on his pro-life stance. Well, Trump did more than prove his credentials. Trump spoke at the Right to Life March, which is something that no president has done. He was the first president to do that. Folks, you know, I, I go back, and, and again, Rudyard Kipling had a poem that many of us remember about what a man is, and I'm going to give you my parody, my take, my remake of that Rudyard Kipling poem, and here it is. If you can keep your head when all around you others are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when everyone around you doubt you, if you can make allowances for those who are doubting when they're doubting you, when you can wait without tiring, if you can refrain from demonizing someone who is lying about you, if you don't respond with hate when hated, when you could talk to crowds and keep your virtue and talk with leaders without losing your 
your common touch, when all people count with you, when you possess the courage and resolve to do right, your potential will be limitless and you'll be respected and sought as a great leader by everyone. Donald Trump fits that. As I stated on this show, he is our favorite president and he truly is a caricature of American success, a caricature of, of, of individualism and success and achievement. And he did it. I mean, he did it. And the Democrats literally cheated in this election. And what we have here, folks, is we have fraud in plain sight. That's what we have here. We don't need the U.N. election observers here. No, folks, no, what we need is we need our state legislatures to do their jobs because we are truly the example. This country is the example of fair and open elections. Look, let the legal votes be counted and throw out the illegal votes. It's as simple as that. Not let one illegal vote be counted. You know what's interesting is on all this, and you don't hear uh, the fake experts on the Pravda propaganda networks. You don't hear any of them talking about how Trump over overperformed in all these states and how he lost. <laughs> It just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Even with common core math, it doesn't add up, folks. I mean, Republicans won every House incumbent seat, and we held on to the Senate in a year where Republicans were defending twice the number of seats as Democrats. Again, even with common core math, it doesn't add up. We Are there facts, though? We have to ask the question, because the media is... De- denying that fraud exists. Every channel out there, every fake news media channel out there is talking about how the fraud, the cries for election fraud is a hoax and it doesn't exist. That Trump is lying. They went as far as to say he's lying. Folks, it's amazing how they're turning their back on things. So we have to ask, are there facts and evidence supporting Trump's claim over voter fraud? And then, of course, we have to ask the question, why is the Pravda propaganda fake news calling Trump's claims over voter fraud a lie? And why are they seemingly and actually not pursuing the truth, not committing acts of journalism? Why? And why are the fake news not showing up at the proceedings where the Trump victory lawyers are reporting the evidence And at the courthouses where the Trump victory lawyers are filing their cases. Why? Many of our listeners today here in Southeast Pennsylvania, not only are expert, but were around when O.J. Simpson had his trials back in 1995. We remember 1995 and the O.J. Simpson trial. And we remember how the media was, it was just a circus event. We remember how they were, they were, hedging and they were leaning on every spoken word that was coming from the defense lawyers and the prosecution and the, they were heading they, they were just hanging on every tidbit of information and putting it out there like it was some major big news break okay every reporter was out there every reporter was reporting everything about it it was the sensational news of the day <clears throat> well here we are 
as I stated, we have an election where Trump overperformed and somehow got beat. And, and of course, the down-ballot tickets all went Republican. So everyone has to ask the question, what, what doesn't add up here? I mean, one plus three does not equal six. There's something missing in this equation, folks, and they know it. But they're not looking for the facts. They're not, they're not interested in the facts. They don't want to report the facts. I mean, there are facts in their heart. There is evidence supporting Trump's claim, but they're just out there not pursuing it, not trying to commit acts of journalism. I mean, this is what it is. Now, the media malpractice, folks, is a symptom of a deep state. It's a symptom that there is an illness, an infection, an infestation called the deep state. This is the symptom of it. This systemic corruption and media malpractice are an intended effort and a psychological operational campaign to provide the air cover for the corrupt deep state system in their rigged election. Make no mistake about it. As I stated, Trump overperformed and Biden did not. Biden lost votes. Biden lost 250,000 votes in New York City, hundreds of thousands of votes in Chicago and other big cities. But somehow, miraculously, he was able to overperform in areas, well, like, Pittsburgh or Milwaukee. And, and these are facts in Philadelphia. And you got to ask, what happened? Was there fraud there? What voting machines did they use? That's another thing we're going to get to in a little bit. But there's a lot of things that point to a crime. Let me, let me just tell you, folks, I'm going to give you a parody here. If you see a building burning and you see someone running from the scene holding a gas can, you you can presume that that person running with a gas can would cause enough interest to, and, and enough, well, there's enough there, there's enough there to, to, to pose an inquiry or an investigation. There's certainly enough evidence with the running individual with a gas can from the scene of a fire that perhaps this is worth investigating. Maybe this person had something to do with the fire. I mean, the fact that the fire exists is something we see. And the fact that this person is running is circumstantial evidence, supposition. We see that. But I think if we dig into it, we can figure out that this person did, in fact, commit the crime if, if they did. When there's claims of voter fraud and there's, there's indications of it everywhere, We've got to ask, why is it that the media is not chasing this? After all, if this truly was a lie, if this truly was, well, if it's truly a sham on the Republican part, then why don't they let it all come out? You know, why? And it could very well be because they know that there's something there. They, they know that there was a fire. The only question is, can, they, can the Republicans... Can, can Sidney Powell's team, can they put enough together in the short time needed, in the short time uh, available to, to present to the court as enough of a case? See, I think they can. 
I think they're going to show the court that, yes, justices of the Supreme Court, yes, five constitutionalists, yes, Justice Thomas, yes, yes, Justice Alito, yes, Justice Barrett, yes, Justice Kavanaugh, and yes, Justice Gorsuch, a crime did in fact occur. A crime did in fact occur. We did in fact have voter fraud. And here's some evidence that we need to further investigate to dig into where the crime took place and how it took place and who the perpetrators are. But we can show you that this was a fraudulent attempt to take the election. And I think that they'll prove to these justices that there's enough smoke there to presume that there was a fire there. I should say there's enough evidence to show there was a crime. And even though they don't know who the perpetrators exactly are yet, they'll be able to point to the crime and be able to cast a doubt on the election and and then put the Supreme Court in a position where they where they do the you know, the backup plan, if you will, okay, the, uh, you know, what what the founding fathers had intended all along with questioned elections, that it would default to the House of Representatives. It's a safety valve. It's a safety valve. The Constitution had written in it a safety valve so that when we had heated responses to fraudulent election claims, they could default to the safety valve which was the House of Representatives. And that is what the Founding Fathers put in there. And I believe that that's what the Supreme Court justices will declare, that yes, in Georgia, yes, in Nevada, yes, in Michigan, yes, in Pennsylvania, that these elections were counted on bad machines, machines that we know were used, Dominion machines, which we know Dominion was the manufacturer of the voting machines in Venezuela that Hugo Chavez had contracted with we know all this and we know that he had meetings with these people that gave him these election machines so he would win every election after that we know that there's that these machines are are used in third world countries all the time and somehow they got into this country in the 37 states we can also show as well other suspicious uh questions, if you will, about their character and about their integrity as a company. But in addition to that, we could point to the fact that the votes are housed in a server, not in this country, and that we can also show that the votes were tallied by people not in this country because the servers and the votes are all kept in Europe. We can show that as well, which again breaks the executive order, thus the election law, that the Department of Homeland Security deputy of election security was in charge of, which is why Trump fired the guy. All right, Trump just fired the, the director of, of, of election security uh, from the uh, DHS because this guy did not do the job he needed to do to protect and preserve the integrity of this election. So Trump fired him. But there's a lot of smoke there, folks, and we can show there was a fire. And I make no mistake about it. I mean, what's amazing to me, again, pointing to the media malpractice, it's unbelievable. I mean, they're performing a tremendous disservice here. 
There is a huge coordinated effort to prevent the truth from getting out. So we have to ask, and we will ask here on our show, the point, why and, and, and by whom? Okay, why and by who? Look, the media is in league with every big tech and every media, social media company. Okay, every media company, every media outlet. Many globalist corporations have been doing business in countries with these bad leaders that are politically maintained by rigged elections by these bad election machines, by Dominion. Look, the corruption is actually worldwide with a network intertwined with trillions of dollars in an organizational muscle. This is what we're fighting against. They're trying to upset the elections in this country. And again, Joe Biden admitted to an extensive fraud effort. He admitted to it. That's a 14-second statement that we have on YouTube that we've put and placed on our website, BerksGOP.com. It's there. His confession is there. And anything Joe Biden says can and will be used against him in a court of law. When a crime exists of voter fraud and Joe Biden admitted that he was that the Democrat Party took part in an extensive fraud effort. And that statement is in that 14 second statement there. You have to ask because some people have said, well, that's just a word mangle that a that that dementia patients and people that are losing their mental acuity often have issues with there. They have issues with word mangles. They don't put the right words in there. Well, I might accept that if he was using adjectives and adverbs that didn't fit the scenario or the topic or the object of the sentence. But the word fraud, and then when you listen to the 14-second statement, the word fraud and how he described the system that was created, this was not a word mangle. This was a Freudian slip. This was this was your grandfather, your 90-year-old grandfather who's lost his mental acuity or an 80-year-old grandfather who lost his mental acuity sitting on his porch in mixed company saying something that he shouldn't say, something that he's thinking, something that's on his mind. But as it comes out, it's coming out without the filter because, again, he's lost his mental acuity. And because he's fatigued, he's sitting there and he makes a statement without a filter, folks. That's what Joe Biden did in that 14-second statement. And if I was Sidney Powell, I would make sure that that was part of my evidence when I presented it to the Supreme Court. They very well might make that part of their evidence. I was amazed to, to hear it. Go to our website, BerksGOP.com. It's right there. But make no mistake, they need to be, the, the fake news needs to be acting like the news. They need to be informing the possibility. They in making they need to be informing the public of the possibility that this election can be reversed. It can be, folks. We just had two Wayne County Michigan Court Michigan Board of Canvassers refuse to certify the election results. Now, after the governor, Gretchen Halfwit, got involved in this, and some other threats came to these people, they were doxxed and they were threatened, and they caved in, and they said that they would now 
certify the elections in Detroit. They would do that as long as the Secretary of State committed to an audit of the election. Of course, the Secretary of State in Michigan has no desire to do that part of her job, his or her job, because after all, they're Democrats. But whatever the case is, folks, make no mistake about it. I believe they're Democrats, but whatever the case is, they caved in. So they're going to certify based upon an audit. It's going to be interesting if the audit actually gets done, if there's any kind of an audit that's done. I mean, they had counties. You have to understand, there were counties where there were more votes than the, than the number of people who signed in the vote. I mean, that's just mathematically impossible. And I believe the Secretary of State said it's just a faux pas, it's just a clerical error, is what she called it. Yeah, it's just a clerical error, it happens all the time. Folks, they're cheating all the time. But again, the Republican state legislatures are going to have a hand on this, and I know the Supreme Court will as well. I think it's a huge win for Trump because they put it out there that they weren't going to certify again. The five constitutionalists that I reeled off earlier in our show, folks, they're going to know that these two canvassers did not want to certify the election. These two volunteers, these two civilians, these two citizens doing doing their public service were threatened and doxed. And I'm, I'm likely called by state officials including Gretchen Halfwit, to certify this election. I'm blown away by this, folks, but I know the Supreme Court is too. And I know the justices in the Supreme Court are human beings, and they don't like watching intimidation on board canvassers. They actually intimidated board canvassers to do the wrong thing. And that evidence is out there, and I'm sure those canvassers will be contacted in subpoenas received as well. I am positive of that. They will get the necessary evidence on that. And they will also, that will also make a court appearance. But let's talk about the Dominion voting machines, okay? Now, they were designed to be hacked, okay? You can actually hack them with a thumb drive or a laptop. And we, on the point, on this show here in Southeast Pennsylvania, here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL, on this station, in, and in the Berks Republican Committee, are calling out to any county that used the Dominion voting machines to, to do a hand recount and audit of the votes. We're calling on it to happen. We're calling on our state representative to make it happen. And one issue, I guess, worth noting is the Secretary of State in Arizona, who is a Democrat, who also called Trump voters Nazis. Again, the Secretary of State being the one that's in charge of the vote counting. Okay. All right, the the person that's in charge of vote counting in Arizona called Trump voters Nazis. Well, they use these Dominion machines in Phoenix. Okay, they used them in Phoenix, folks. You know what's interesting is when you look at the states that they were calling on this. And they actually called on the states. They said, they said Georgia and, and, and Arizona will be in play. Well, how would they know that? Unless, of course, they had knowledge of these Dominion machines. 
But anyway, the, the Secretary of State in Pennsylvania denied canvassing observers into the canvassing rooms as required by law. We know that as well. We've gone into that extensively on our show here. But the agreement Dominion had, this is very interesting. The agreement Dominion had with the county of Santa Clara, California, is a public record. So Dominion actually had a contract with Santa Clara County, California. And it's a matter of public record. And in the contract between the county and Dominion, it clearly states in item 226, quote, quote, allows staff to adjust tally based on reviews of scanned ballot images, unquote. Well, folks, that sounds to me in item 226 in the contract between Dominion and Santa Clara County that the machines will allow the staff to make adjustments to the vote totals. Okay, you don't have to be an Einstein to know that there's something going on with these machines. If you look at the contract and how it says it right there, again, this was designed so people like Hugo Chavez would never lose an election. And by the way, he never did after the software was created. Dominion is developed, designed, and manufactured in a foreign country. And then it was exported to Argentina and other South American countries, as well as the United States of America. This has already violated the president's executive order, as I stated earlier, preventing foreign interference in our election by using these systems. So they already broke the law. They already, because they're using these, these foreign machines. I mean, as I stated, our votes were, our votes were counted in, in, in Europe and kept on foreign service. The fraud was so apparent that the algorithms were thrown off. Why? Because there were so many Trump votes, many more than were originally programmed in the system, in the algorithm system in advance. There were so many more votes that glitches occurred because so many votes came through the system, couldn't make up the vote count. So they had to stop the counting so they could backfill or destroy votes for Trump and get the system to start adding votes to, to Biden. I mean, the system, again, was designed for cheating. You know, we had Democrats like Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren actually raise concerns about two or three months ago about the Dominion voting machines. Now they're both stone, stony silent, <laughs> both of them. You don't hear anything from them. You don't hear the fake news talk about it either. No, they're, they're intent on calling Trump voters who believe this about the Dominion machines a bunch of right-wing wackos with tinfoil hats on. That's what they'd rather get people to think about us. You know, PBS actually did a cover story a couple of months ago about these Dominion machines in Georgia. The extensive research of the story revealed evidence like, well, here's one, the poll patch that took 30 hours to download the voter database displayed wrong races and would randomly shut down. They blew circuit breakers. They were using too much power. Gee, I wonder why. 
Look, poll workers weren't trained with hands-on training, and they were confused by the new machines. That's just another byproduct of bringing these new machines in without the training. Election security experts uncovered several troubling issues. The QR codes, the barcodes, the QR barcodes, analyzing the structure of these barcodes, it was determined, and again, MIT experts did this, okay? Not me, but MIT experts. I'm reporting what MIT experts analyzed about these machines and the barcodes. They determined that there is nothing that stops an attacker from duplicating a, a QR barcode to count the same as an original QR barcode. That should be impossible, but according to the experts, they can duplicate it. Now, again, you got to ask, well, was it done? Well, when you look at the imbalances in the votes and when you look at what happened in Michigan where you had more votes than people signing in to vote, then you got to ask yourself, perhaps it was done. Now, during testing, election workers found that half the names of the candidates for Senate in Georgia, the state Senate, intermittently disappeared from the screens during the review phase. Now, Dominion went in there and it solved with a last-minute software change that likely caused the problems we saw on Election Day. And again, I, I'm going I'm to bring it up again because I, I, I like to point out the fact that I believe we here on The Point, because our listeners, I believe, are truly, they, they truly do see the truth and objective facts. They they don't live in the fifth dimension. They don't live on social media. Our listeners do not believe that social media is the be-all, end-all of the world. We don't. No, our listeners look at the facts and our listeners understand, based on facts, what the likely outcome of a scenario would be. The fact that we've never had five constitutionalist folks on the, on the Supreme Court of the United States ever before is a fact it's an undeniable, incontestable fact. So no one, none of these experts on television, no one, no author still alive today, no one alive on planet Earth has ever seen five constitutionalists on the Supreme Court of the United States. No one. So no one's going to really understand the possibilities and probabilities of what might happen when the election system in a particular national election like this one is viewed as systematically fraud, flawed, systematically flawed or, or rife with fraud, okay? Democrat fraud. But see, this is what the founding fathers foreseen when they put the, well, the, the safety valve, the remedy in the Constitution. See, you can't have half the population believing their votes didn't count. You just can't. So what you do is you put it to the House of Representatives and the, the people, again, you bring it back to the closest part of the people, which is the House, in the federal case, which is the House of Representatives. You would not bring it to the House of Representatives for the state attorney general, okay, or, or state representatives, but you will for the president because that was written in the Constitution for that. So that was their safety valve. That's what they put in place. And it's happened, I believe, twice before. 
I believe that these five constitutionalists will likely do the right thing in order that the presidential election of 2020 not be certified by particular states. And again, this will create a contingent election that goes, as I stated, to the House of Representatives, where the outcome is likely to go the Republican way. But it's because the Republicans control more states federally than the Democrats do. And that's the way the Constitution wrote. That's the way they they planned it. They said, "Okay, if we're going to have any fraud, because you see, the states write the rules. I guess the founding fathers realized the states write the rules, the election rules, and the states enforce the election rules. And the problem with these states is that these leaders become, well, I want to say corrupt, but they can become comfortable in their safety, in their comfortable spot, in their in their safe zone. Okay, they can become very comfortable and not want to rattle their cage by going against the grain." And creating some sort of, you know, you know, some sort of uncertainty. And so when the ballots were actually in Philadelphia, counted as votes without an, 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 a canvassing observer within eyesight of those ballots, even though the law says that's that's against the law and that's supposed to take place, no one from the state assembly stood up and said, stop this nonsense get these canvassers in, in, in eyesight of what's going on. No one stood their ground. No one said anything. They just let it all happen. They let the Secretary of State and the Attorney General abuse the system, defy court orders. And they allowed these votes to be counted without being able to confirm the chain of custody on these mail-in ballots. So what ended up happening, in essence, was two sets of chain of custody, one for people like myself that voted in person, another for people that mailed their ballots in. You see, because the Democrats knew in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh and in some of these cities that it was very likely that many of the people that voted would likely not get the chain of custody right, even 90% of the time on the ballots when they mailed them in. So for instance, even nine out of 10 wouldn't probably be the right result. It would probably be be like six or seven out of 10, maybe that would get it right. And three or four or five out of 10, maybe half would not get the chain of custody right. Like forget to sign the back of the envelope, things like that. And those ballots would not count by law. So what they did, because it was a close election, they had to make sure they had the vote. So they just counted everything. I mean, even in Nevada, the signature machines in Nevada the verification machines were set at factory levels, so they approved everything. They have evidence of that too, folks. But again, you just don't go to the Supreme Court with that. You've got to compile it with a bunch of other things and create a, 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 line, a line of facts, if you will, that tell the story as best as possible in the short time that they have. That's what they have to do. And that's what I think... Sidney Powell's done brilliantly with her team. I don't think there's any question about it. But again, you know, this is what happened. So the the founding fathers realized that it would likely happen occasionally, maybe one out of every 10 or 15 elections, presidential elections, that the states would booger it up badly somehow or allow cheating in some capacity in some city or something And so they put the safety valve in there and said, okay, well, they just don't have to certify the election. Well, what we're seeing in today's politics is the state doesn't have the backbone to do the job they should do. So they're going to punt it 
to the Supreme Court, where normally the Supreme Court in our lifetime did not have the constitutionalists that it does today. So therefore, the activists that are on the court or that were on the court would likely not overrule the state rulings. I mean, this is the general path of this. That's why many of these experts on television are claiming that nothing's going to happen from this because, quite honestly, they, they don't believe the Supreme Court will overrule a state certification. Your host here on the show, myself, and our listeners, we believe differently, folks. And I'm expounding to our listeners today the confidence I have because I believe that God's hand was on the scales to begin with on this. And I believe that Amy Barrett's confirmation at the last minute was like our pastor used to say when we, in a church my wife and I used to attend years ago, he said, God comes like the cavalry in the nick of time. And I believe he came like the cavalry in the nick of time. And Amy Coney Barrett is the deciding justice. I believe it's going to go down. I believe that they're going to overturn this. I think that Sidney Powell and others are brilliant, uh, brilliant attorneys and brilliant legalists, legal minds. They're they're confident in the case they have. That's why they're pursuing it. But make no mistake about it, folks, we are entitled and must ask in this state for a full audit of the ballots. Certainly in the counties that use these Dominion machines, I don't get it why we haven't done that yet. And we call here um, on our state legislatures to do the right thing. We're calling on them to do the right thing. The serious allegations have been made and they cannot be ignored, folks. Allegations and incidents and irregularities that are backed by sworn affidavits and people willing to face the legal process to stand by their assertions. This is what we have right now. You know, without the canvassers being observed, without the canvassers observing the chain of custody that cannot be verified, the votes should not be counted as legal. And we have to have our legislature send a letter to the Secretary of State asking for a full audit of the ballot, certainly in the counties in question. And because we cannot forensically match the ballots with the envelopes to validate the chain of custody once they're intermingled with the actual votes, they should simply say, was that done? And if so, was it observed? And if so, we will not certify the election. It's as simple as that. It really is. It really is. You see, the popular vote does matter. The Electoral College is a rubber stamp for the most part. But you have to understand, okay, these state legislatures can and probably should have fixed other elections prior. And I guess the theory is that we can appoint enough state legislatures and enough electors are going to vote for certain ballots. In other words, we could presume or we should we should be able to say, okay, well, first off, we should not be afraid of letting our legislatures do their job. There are safeguards in the system to make sure that the will of the people is not disregarded and not ignored or subverted. And that's the truth. There really is. See, the, the Electoral College is not intended to be a subversion of the popular vote. 
It's a safeguard against population centers having mass control over national issues, primarily in the election of the president. And the safeguards are there for reasons exactly as we talked about. You know, that's just the truth of it. You see, Republicans, okay, I mean, Republicans just have to do their job. I mean, that's just all there is to it. I mean, they have to do their job. But anyway, and enough said on that. I just wanted to bring that up. I, I'm, I'm just confident that we have facts on our side and we need to do the right thing here. You know, I mean, you've got a lot of these politicians, and I'm saying this confidently, but a lot of politicians are wanting to punt because it takes them out of the political soup that they're in. And that's just the truth of it. But I, I do believe that there's going to be overwhelming evidence. But I know there's going to be a lot of reluctance on the constitutionalist Supreme Court that say they don't want to pick the president. But they don't want to be seen as picking the president. But whatever the case is, they're going to let this, I, I hopefully, play out to the, to the House of Representatives. Because the evidence is going to be so overwhelming that it doesn't look like they're picking the president. I think that's what it comes down to. It all comes down to what kind of a case Sidney Powell and, and Trump's attorney team can, can put together. Because the Supreme Court's going to need a case that they can present and say, look, this is it. This is the voter fraud. Because they're going to have the, the media machine out there working against them trying to point to the anomalies as best they can. It's going to make it look like they picked the president, but they're not picking the president. They're going to default it. They're going to, they're going to kick it off to the House of Representatives, which is what it's designed to do. They're just going to have the, they're going to have to have the intestinal fortitude to do this. And I believe they will, because transparency is very important and critical to our elections. You know, Richard Grinnell is a former national intelligence director, and he stated that this is not a partisan issue. We have information that points to irregularities, but the state and local officials are not providing the ballots and the envelopes needed to forensically match the envelopes to the ballots for chain of custody verification. So he's saying they're not getting cooperation from the states. I mean, look, the Democrats scrambled to make mail-in ballots a part of the process. They changed the way the, the vote would, would go the last two or three months, and there was no real plan to organize and canvass the vote. So chaos was, well, was the plan, not the organization in the states. That's the truth of it. Recklessness, when you combine recklessness with secrecy, okay, it's a recipe for, for fraud when you're dealing with elections. And as I said, there's enough time, there is enough time to bring this before the Supreme Court of the United States there is to remedy this. Statistical analysis has been done to prove that the statistical anomalies in the votes, voting patterns, and the results on the comparative basis over a number of years to show that there is a serious problem. You know, fake news reported that Trump cases are being withdrawn. I remember that came out earlier in the week. Well, that's fake and lying. I mean, it's a lie. The fact is that some cases were withdrawn, but they weren't the Trump lawsuits. They were lawsuits from other people. What they're concentrating on 
They're concentrating by the denial of equal protection. That's what they're concentrating on. The Trump attorney, the Trump team is concentrating of the denial of equal protection and due process by the way of votes that were counted and the way people are defined by the written law to be able to observe the canvassing of mail-in ballots. If the envelopes are separated from the ballots, they can never again be forensically matched to a vote to validate the chain of custody. So it's got to be done at the canvassing, and that's why the observers are there. And when you don't let the observers there, then you're, you're limiting all of that. There will ultimately, again, this will be ultimately resolved by the Supreme Court of the United States. And I know that there's justices that really are nervous about this. They don't want to be viewed upon as picking the president of the United States. But um, I think if, if it's determined after proper litigation that the errors and fraud that occurred, that, of course, were a violation of due process and a violation of equal protection, if, if it all did, in fact, occur, again, which breaks the election clause, then the election rules were changed without the state legislatures. And if all this is determined by the Supreme Court of the United States, and if the Supreme Court of the United States knows that their ruling will change the election results, this will determine whether they'll take the case and rules the way I believe they're going to rule because they're going to know that they're going to have, they'll be the ones to save the day. They're going to have to save the, the, the Constitution, save this country. They're going to have to. Look, we need voter ID laws. We, we need them. We need an audit of signature matches. And when you have voter ID rules, you have signature matches right there. The chain of custody are verified when you walk in to vote. We've seen on the surface that a number of rejected signatures in this recent election was a was a, a fraction of what the rejections were in other election cycles. And as I said, in Nevada, they found the settings on those signature verification machines were set so low that they they approved everything. You know, what we're seeing is what happens when we elect activists, when we elect flag burners. And when we allow flag burners and activists, not only to, to write the policy, public policy rules, but we allow them to count votes. Okay. And I mean, literally, we're, we're watching these, these activists now in full-fledged swing, if you will, in Washington, state of Washington, state of Washington, state of Oregon, and other states. As they're closing Thanksgiving and holidays, they're limiting people's congregations and family houses and things like that. They're preventing families from getting together. But this is this whole thing was a failed election, and we have a process that is described in the Constitution and in federal law to fix the failed election. So this process is getting it back to the House, creating a contingent election and putting it to the House of Representatives. The Supreme Court will not be picking the president. The Supreme Court will be doing their job and pushing it to the House of Representatives and let them pick the president. Let the House of Representatives deal with the flack. Let the state assemblies deal with the flack. Let the let let the people, let the House of Representatives deal with it, because that's where it has to go. That was what the founding fathers intended to have happen if fraud was seen as apparent. You know, it's it's really interesting. I saw on one show, I think it was Kaylee McEnany, she held up evidence. I think it was Sean Hannity's show. She showed 234 pages of notarized sworn affidavits. 
I mean, you can go around the country and look at the fraud. I mean, we had a batch of ballots in, in Wayne County where 60% of the ballots had the same signature. I mean, that's just amazing. Okay, 35 ballots with no voter record at all. 55 ballots were run multiple times through a tabulation machine. They had dead people voting. Poll watchers were threatened. We just found out canvassers were threatened. I mean, people were pushed out of the way. We have evidence of Democrat challengers handing out documents showing how to obstruct and distract Republican challengers. I mean, we have evidence of that. In Interim County, Michigan, we had so many Trump votes counted for Biden, which resulted in a 6,000-vote swing. Had 47 counties using the same software for voting, for counting votes. And, and again, that's 47 counties that were using the same corrupt software. In Pennsylvania, we had 25,000 nursing home patients in different nursing homes requesting their balance ballots at the same time, thus proving voter harvesting. I mean, that's a, that, that is a statistical improbability. It must be voter harvesting. We have the law broken on ballot canvassing observers being prevented from seeing what's, what's happening with the canvassing. Had 7,000 out-of-state voters. We had curing ballots. This, is, this, is, this was something amazing. We actually had the Democrats in Democrat counties that were curing ballots. Now, what that is, is calling people that did a mail-in and saying, oh, by the way, I got your ballot here. You're missing a signature. You need to come back. Now, what's amazing on all of that is they were doing this. They admitted to doing this in Democrat counties. And their answer when they were confronted was, well, they, the Republicans could have done it if they wanted to. They could have done it. That was their claim. Believe it or not. Well, curing ballots is illegal, folks. When you play by the rules, you don't cure ballots. When you don't play by the rules, you do you do rule breaking and then you claim that, well, gee, it's not specified that this rule couldn't be broke. So, gee, politically, I guess they could have done it, too. They just didn't think about it. See, situational ethics gives us an edge over someone else that has absolute ethics. Because they don't believe in cheating and we do if, if the ends can justify the means, which is cheating. I mean, they, they opened up an equal protection claim right when they admitted it. They opened it up. They said, we have an equal protection claim right there. Because, again, they were calling people that did not fill out their ballot right. So, again, that didn't happen across the state. It only happened in select counties. So there's an equal protection issue there. In Georgia, again, we talk about the Dominion machines. And I think the recounts are going to produce evidence of, of these machine issues. But Georgia's not verifying signatures. And I think the reason they're not is because they've already got the votes mingled. And they can't match the vote to the ballot. The I should say the sig they can't match the envelope to the vote, but they, they can't. We have people counting, uh, counters, counting alone without somebody observing them, okay? I mean, we have to ask, are there enough cases that go to the courts that will 
be outcome determinative. And that's what this is. And that's what's going to determine with the Supreme Court. If their decision will be an outcome determinating decision, then they're going to take the case. Look, we have equal protection claims and we have chain of custody rules being broken. And we have these voting machines, these voting machines that were rife with, well, rife with, with tampering. And the Supreme Court's going to take this case and they're likely going to rule as they should, that there's enough smoke here to determine that there is a fire. Even though we couldn't look, we didn't have enough time to look for the fire, we saw lots of smoke. That's evidence of a fire. They have enough here to, to know that there was evidence of fraud. They just don't know how systemic it was. And because they're limited in the amount of time they, uh, the, 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 you know, the Trump Trump's attorneys are limited to the amount of time they have to make a case, all they got to do is make enough of a case to show these justices that, in fact, there was systemic fraud and these justices will do the right thing. I believe they will. They'll do the right thing. I mean, you know, look at Clark County, Nevada, Clark County, Nevada. That was a beaut. OK, Clark County, Nevada. I mean, they, they did the same thing with the election observers. They wouldn't let them in there. They wouldn't. I mean, they, they, and again, we talked about those machines, those machines in Clark County, Nevada that were matching signatures. Okay. We're not the same machines used up in in Reno. Okay. So in the Democrat County it was being used, in the Republican County it wasn't being used. Go figure. And the Republican County the signature verification machines were set correctly. Again, they could, they they have evidence to show that these machines weren't set right. And so they can show all this. As I stated, folks, what we have is an election that uh, a failed election. OK. And what we have is we have a compliant media, if you will, that's out there giving air cover all they can to these globalists as they try to steal this election. We have to support our president. We have to support the notion that these and, and the fact that they, there was a fact election fraud do not certify this election push it to the to a contingent election, let the House of Representatives rule on it. And yes, it'll upset a lot of people because after all, the media is out there declaring that this whole thing is is a sham now and suddenly they're going to have to shift gears and say, oh, the Supreme Court just ruled. But you can't be manipulated by, these, by the media and I don't think the courts are going to allow themselves to be done by that. I mean, again, they're human beings and all, but I believe that these justices, uh, justices will do the right thing. I think these justices know what they have to do and will, in fact, do the right thing. And, and look, we're going to hang on to that, that truth. Now, uh, tune in later on today. We'll be with Annette Baker. And we're going to have some more discussion on this election fraud uh, with thoughtful discussion with Annette. <clears throat> You'll enjoy that. That comes on at 1 p.m. today, every Saturday at 1 p.m. But again, many of us. Uh, Many of our audience likes to tune into our show and then tune into that show later on, and we appreciate that. I think it's, again, it's because they understand that we have an, a, a commitment for the objective truth, and uh, we do we do have a compelling discussion that is packed with a punch. That's why people tune into us. That's why people listen to us. Thanks to all of our listeners for being with us today. We appreciate you being with us every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL for this distinct action-packed discussion.
See you next week on The Point. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.